Welcome to the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales. This is the debut episode, the pilot, if you will. I'm coming to you solo for the very first episode. In this podcast, we're going to talk a little a little NFL, a little bit of MLB, some NBA, and then a little bit of bullshit. So let's get right into it. So I'm going to break down the NFL division by division. We're going to have some guests here in a couple episodes. We're going to talk basically each team, what we think they're going to do for the season, and then which fantasy players to look at. So we're going to jump right into the NFC East. And the first team we're going to talk about is the Redskins. So last year, they go 7-8-1, and one, missed the playoffs. They had first-round pick Jonathan Allen, a defensive tackle out of Alabama. This year, they lose their top two receivers in Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson in terms of yards. So we're going to talk about Kirk Cousins. Obviously, he gets franchise tagged again. He's got to play for his contract all over again. Last year, you know, he had good stats, nearly 5,000 yards, completed 67% of his passes, 25 touchdowns to 12 interceptions, over a 2-to-1 ratio, but he really really struggled in that playoff clinching game versus Carolina, and even though Carolina had nothing to play for, they came out and Washington came out flat, and they beat him, and I think that's what cost uh, Cousins his contract, quite frankly, so, you know, in terms of real-life football, I think he'll, uh, I think he'll be okay, the loss of the two receivers is pretty concerning, but... I think he'll still uh, throw for a lot of yards this year. And for fantasy, I think he's going to be, you know, he's going to put up production. He's going to get you a lot of yards, a lot of 300-yard games. So I think he's someone that you could, if you're going to wait on quarterback, he's someone that you could go to. As far as the running game, Robert Kelly got 704 yards on 168 attempts for 4.2 yards per carry with six touchdowns. And, you know, he's the lead back in what I think will be a good offense. And, uh, you know, a starting back on any team is going to have value. So, He's definitely someone that you could pick up in a middle rounds of as a serviceable running back. One of the big receivers that I want to talk about is Jordan Reed. So, you know, he's been injury plagued, but he's going to remain a large target for Cousins to throw to uh, up the seam and uh, in the red zone. You know, he has superior talent. He's one of the top three tight ends uh, in terms of talent in the league. It's just injuries have plagued him. So if he can stay healthy, you know, a lot of targets are going to have to go somewhere with uh, Garcon and Jackson leaving. So, he might be someone that could really uh, br- break out this year again, depending on uh, if he can stay healthy. Another receiver, uh, Jamison Crowder. So he's going to step into a much larger receiving role now that Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon are gone. He should see a large volume of targets and a really potential for a lot more if anything happens to Jordan Reed. Uh, you know, if 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 something happens to Jordan Reed, he's going to get all the volume that he could possibly handle, and which could make for a lot of wide receiver one, wide receiver two nump production on most weeks. So he's someone that I think you could get for a pretty cheap price because uh, not many people are really really talking about him. Um, so he's someone that you could definitely get like around you know round four or five that uh, might actually produce really good numbers for you. A little bit of a sleeper I want to talk about. So you know Josh, uh, this guy Josh Doxson. Everyone was talking about him last year. He has lots of talent. He was injured last year, but like I said, these there's a lot of uh, targets and uh, receptions that need to go around with these two receivers leaving. So he's also going to be put in a much larger role. And I think he, you know, now that no everyone just forgot about his name now that he's injured, he might actually be a pretty big uh, sleeper this year that you can get deep in the draft that might uh, help you win you win you your leagues uh, one day for like a by a bi week fill in. In terms of uh, what I think this team will do this year, you know, I think they're actually going to struggle filling those two receiving roles in an offense that really likes to pass the ball. And combined with that, with a tough schedule that the the entire NFC East will face, I think this team is going to go seven and nine. I think they're going to stay out of. They're going to uh, be not going to make it to the playoffs. And uh, but 
you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how far uh, Kirk Cousins will take them. So uh, let's keep it going here. We're going to talk about the Eagles next. So last year they go 7-9. and nine. Uh, Even though they actually scored more points than they allowed, 367 to 331, they had first-round pick Derek Barnett, defensive end out of Tennessee. They had LeGarrette Blunt, Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith. They released one of my uh, favorite players, Doriel Green-Beckham, but uh, I think they got uh, some other wide receiver talent to fill in. So let's go ahead right to Carson Wentz. So he looked really good at first last year. Then he cooled off, only put up 3,700 yards, 62.4% completion percentage is pretty good, 16 TDs to 14 interceptions. So, you know, it's hard to imagine it'll be a consistent fantasy play. He only had three 300-yard games all of last season, and he really struggled with interceptions. Now, there is some uh, hope that Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith will give him some really good weapons to throw to, and this offense might uh, score more points. So he, he has a little bit of upside, but I just, I don't think you'll be able to consistently trust him to put up numbers. And I think there's uh, better options out there. So the leader in terms of yards is actually Zach Ertz, the tight end. He struggled with injuries before, but he really shined last year. Over 800 yards, four, t- four touchdowns. He's a good tight end option if you can get him for you know low, uh, a, a cheap price. But uh, you know tight ends are always hit and miss, and I think he will actually be able to put uh, consistent production on the board for you week in and week out which is really valuable considering most tight ends are, you know, two points, three points, four points, and that's all you could get. So definitely look to him if uh, he starts to fall in drafts to fill that tight end slot. So running backs, let's go, let's go look at Darren Sproul. So he's always going to be a good pick in PPR drafts. He was third in receiving yards on the team with 427 and a couple touchdowns. And he still had uh, with 52 receptions and he still had a good rushing 438 yards for two TDs. So, you know, we always we we know what his role is in this offense. It's going to be the passing down back. He's gonna he's gonna catch a lot of passes. So in PPR leagues, he's definitely someone to look at. You know, he makes people miss with you know just like just like a, with the best of them. Uh, so he's definitely someone you can look at. Uh, and but in terms of the uh, early down work, it's looking like it's going to be Legarrette Blunt. It looked like he'll take over first and second down um, running attempts. And but you know the concern is last year with New England they were up double-digit points in almost all their uh, the second half of all their games, which led to him just getting a ton of work. Double, you know, 15, 16 touches in the second half of games really helped him get over 100 yards and multiple touchdown games. But, you know, looking at this team, it's it's hard to see uh, them winning that much uh, late in games that he would get the volume that he would need in order to be productive. But, you know, any starting running back in the league has some value, and that's some, you know, that's definitely someone that should be owned in all leagues. So I would I would definitely draft him uh, middle late rounds, um, and uh, hopefully you know th- this team will actually turn out to be a little better than I think it will, and you might be able to get some uh, multi touchdown games out of him some weeks. So let's go ahead and go to uh, an- another receiver, uh, Alshon Jeffrey. So he's always struggled with hamstring injuries and uh, soft tissue injuries, but he's still an amazing talent, and he could emerge as the leading uh, lead receiver if he can develop a connection with Wentz in the off season. He's going to be a big target for him in the in the red zone. And it's not like Jordan Matthews has really, really uh, developed a great connection with Wentz. I mean, he looked good, but not great. So he's definitely someone that you could, uh, you know, you could pick up late and potentially uh, get some production out of. You know, Torrey Smith, I think he's a good receiver, but, you know, with so many mouths already, like I mentioned, I mean, we got Alshon Jeffrey, Jordan Matthews, Darren Sproles, Zach Ertz. I just don't see him be able to produce uh, enough fantasy production that you're going to want to trust him. So, the last receiver, Jordan Matthews, put up over 800 yards, three touchdowns. 
His attention really increased in the back half of the season. He had double-digit targets in six of his last eight games, but but only produced one 100-yard game out of that last year. So, you know, a decent chunk of the offense could go to him if, if Wentz really likes to look at him. And if anything happens to Alshon Jeffrey, because we know he has been plagued with injuries, his targets could really spike and he could get a ton of consistent volume week in and win out, week in and week out. So my prediction for this team is about six and ten, and it's going to be a reoccurring theme with this uh, with this division. The schedule is difficult for these NFC NFC East teams, and you know with so many additions, this team really could fly, so to speak. But it ultimately rests on the ability of Carson Wentz, and I'm just really not sold yet. So about six and ten is what I think they'll do. So let's uh, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it rolling. Um, the Giants last year they go eleven and five, first round pick Evan Ingram, tight end out of Ole Miss. They add Brandon Marshall, receiver from uh, the Jets. They lose Victor Cruz and Rashad Jennings. So Eli Manning, you know, he throws for over 4,000 yards, 63% completion percentage, 23 touchdowns to 16 interceptions. He had a down season in some respect, but with OBJ, Shepard, and now Brandon Marshall, he could have what could be the number one receiving core in the entire league, and he should have all the weapons he needs, but... It's still, it's gonna, it's, it's really hard to trust him sometimes. And too often he just fell flat on his face in terms of fantasy. He finished 22nd among QBs last season. So the addition with Marshall might give him the boost he needs, but it's going to be hard to trust. And there's going to be some weeks where he just throws for under 200 yards and it's going to look like a fool out there. So let's uh, talk a little bit about the running game, Paul Perkins, Shane Vereen. So the Giants definitely view uh, Perkins as a three down back. And he's definitely secured his role as a starting running back in the offense that should, I think, will put up a good amount of points. So, you know, if if he's gonna if he's gonna get the the year long work, the workhorse uh, volume that he should get, he's gonna he's gonna put up a lot of points. But uh, I know a lot of people aren't really uh, used to drafting Giants running backs because they've uh, flopped so many times in the in the past. You know, Shane Vereen has a you know wants to stay healthy. He had a you know, problem with his triceps. And he's going to try to remain part of the offense, but if anything, all he is is maybe a handcuff to Perkins, if if that. So let's talk about some receivers. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, you know, despite the temper tantrums, he's still a top three talent at the position in the league. With the addition of Brandon Marshall, you know, there's two schools of thought here. It some people might think that it might take away targets from him, especially in the red zone, because he's really he's a big receiver. But I think what actually might happen is it's going to decrease the ability of the the defense to just double him over the top. And uh, decrease Odell's ability to uh, take a go to take a deep pass to the house, but um, you know when you add Marshall in there, they're they're probably not going to be able to do that. So he actually might put up even more points this year now that he'll have less attention focused on him. And obviously, no one's no one's better than Odell at taking a slant to the house. So he's going to be a first round pick, you know, probably top two, top three receiver behind or in front of um, Antonio Brown and. Uh, Julio Jones, so we'll see what he does. Uh, Brandon Marshall, it's going to be really interesting to see how he adopts, adapts the offense. Um, he didn't have to move far from uh, the New York Jets, New York Giants, but his role in the offense might actually just be in the red zone. You know, you have you have Odell and Shepard taking away looks in the slot and the, to the outside, so he might not get too many targets, but he's still going to be a massive receiver for Eli. And uh, if you know if, if he comes out still athletic and uh, good shape, he you know he still might have a decent offense or decent decent chunk of the offense his way. So Sterling Shepard, he's coming into his second year off a good season, almost 700 yards, eight touchdowns. He's really impressed the Giants in the spring and in the off season. And I think his role in the slot will likely give him a you know solid base of targets each week. And with his talent, it could potentially produce an 800 yard season or even possibly more. 
So my prediction for this team is I think they'll go about 10 and six, you know, with what could be the league's best wide receiver core. This team will have offensive firepower to go with a great defensive front led by Damon Snacks Harrison, who uh, oftentimes disrupted the Cowboys running game. So that will lead them, I think, to the playoffs. Like the rest of the division, I think a tough schedule will keep them from uh, getting a bye. But I think a division title is very much in the cards, especially if these rumors about uh, Zeke, Elliott, uh, Zeke Elliott suspension turn out to be uh, accurate. All right, so let's uh, go ahead and uh, move to my uh, favorite team, uh, my uh, my home team, the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys. So last year they go 13-3, first-round pick. They get Taco Charlton, a defensive end out of Michigan. They haven't really added that many players, but they've lost pretty much everyone. They lose left guard Ronald Leary, right tackle Doug Free, safety Barry Church, safety J.J. Wilcox, cornerback Brandon Carr, cornerback Morris Williams. Pretty much just about everybody in the backfield of that defense. So, you know, first player, let's go t- talk about the quarterback situation. Dak Prescott threw for uh, 3,600 yards, completed 67.8 of his passes, 23 touchdowns to four interceptions, which is a over four, five ratio, 280 rushing yards and six TDs actually led the league. So he's the offensive rookie of the year, and uh, he's an, had an incredible season. He was third in QB rating. You know, the biggest question is obviously, can he sustain it? He's a great decision maker. It looks like he's going to be a good leader and he has plenty of offense, uh, plenty of weapons in the offense. So I think he should, but you know, the loss of the loss of two uh, starting linemen is a little concerning and there could be a little bit of issues uh, uh, early on, but they kept the three guys that are the most important. So, you know, for fantasy, he actually might be a consistent option concerning his rushing upside and how often the Cowboys like to use his rushing ability in the red zone. And a couple of weeks, he actually might be able to pay off pretty big with that ability. So he's definitely maybe, you know, like if you're trying to wait on quarterback, if you're trying to, you know, pick one up late, he's definitely an option. So Zeke Elliott, he obviously, like I was talking about earlier, he's a top three running back. Uh, he's great talent. He's likely to continue to be a stub running back, even with, you know, losing these two uh, offensive linemen. This growing concern of the suspension is definitely going to impact his draft uh, status a little, at least a little bit. Um, You know, but we saw this happen last year with Le'Veon Bell, and he still put up great numbers. So it's it's something I don't. I think you should definitely you should uh, think about it, but don't let it uh, affect your your picks that that much. So. Because a, a new wrinkle in the offense that I think he's going to have this year, which he did not have that that much last year, is his expanding receiving role. He's been talking about it, the coach has been talking about it, and I think if if they can get that going, it's going to skyrocket his PPR value and even his uh, you know regular sc- standard scoring value. So keep an eye out. Um, hopefully, you know you're drafting late so that way you can have all the information available to you, but. I'm thinking that it's probably going to be a one or two game suspension coming his way just for all the incidents that have been happening with him. So let's talk about the receivers. Dez uh, almost, you know, almost caught 800, uh, almost caught, caught 800 yards worth of receiving eight touchdowns. He struggled healthy, st- struggled staying healthy for a whole season, but he's still the main down the field option for Dak. If he stays healthy, he'll still be the number one target on a powerful offense that should score a lot of points. Um, He's obviously a great talent. He's uh, he used to, you know, he's he's been he struggled sometimes with you know temper and and uh, issues like that. But 
I think that this offense is going to score a lot of points and also be in a lot of shootout games with the terrible defense. And I think he's going to put up top 10 production this year. So he's someone that might slip a little bit just because people have started to forget his name, but he's someone that you should definitely look to. So Cole Beasley, um, the interesting leader uh, in yards for the team, over 800 yards, five touchdowns. He provides a great option for Dak to throw to in the slot, and he's great at picking up first downs and generating space. And, you know, he's just exactly what the Cowboys want. They want high-efficiency passes. They want to be able to run the ball play action, and he's great at, at great at uh, picking up first downs in space. So, uh, you know, it, I think he doesn't have too much value, you know, outside of, like, deeper PPR leagues, but, you know, he's still a great receiver for the Cowboys. Let's go ahead and talk about Jason Witten, the old reliable, uh, 673 yards, three touchdowns. He took a step back in production last year. The Cowboys went for a more you know run-first offense, and he'll likely be in a similar role this year. But he's always going to provide a third-down presence for Dak. And you know, tight ends and fantasy are always hit and miss, and uh, anyone with even a pulse uh, could be useful. So you know, may you know the offense might go to his way a little bit early on and it's something to look at, but I don't think you'll be able to trust him uh, for a fantasy purpose. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and talk about defense. Uh, obviously, you know, we lose, we lose four to five starters. Uh, they're gone and this backfield is going to struggle. It had problems last year with its veterans. Uh, you know, as even, even with the veterans in there, they, they couldn't really stop anybody. You know, and as good as Rod Marinelli is, he's going to have a hard time uh, getting this unit ready to go against, you know, the wide receiver core of the Giants, the offensive firepower of the Redskins, and they got to play the the Packers again. Uh, you know, the, the Cowboys are just just proving to be a suspension ground, uh, a breeding ground for suspensions, too. I mean, you got David Irving gone four games, Randy Gregory gone a year. This starting team really is just going to be the, whoever Rod Marinelli can get off the street to pass a drug test, so... I think this defense is going to struggle massively. Now that's great for the the offense for fantasy purposes. That means that means more more points. That means more pushing, not taking the starters out. But uh, you know, my prediction for this team originally was going to be ten and six. The loss of you know so many Dallas defensive starters is definitely going to bring the Cowboys depth back down a peg. But if I if if I hear you know if Zeke's out two games. You know, one of the games I had them winning was the Giants game early on, but without Zeke, that's going to be very difficult for them to win. I think Darren McFadden's a good running back, but not great. And like I said, they're going to need to be able to put up points in order to win these games. And, you know, if Zeke's out two games, I think that actually costs them a game. And I and if and so I think they actually end up going about nine and seven, maybe a chance at the wild card. But likely if, if Zeke's out, that actually could mean the Giants win the division. So. That's definitely something we're going to have to keep keep an eye on. Um, in terms of uh, basketball, let's go ahead and switch to basketball. That's enough, enough NFL. So uh, let's talk about the, 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 two, the two big trades uh, that happen. So you got CP3 go to the Rockets. So what I thought was interesting, right? So CP3 wants to win. He wants to win a title, but... You know, I thought it was I thought it was definitely uh, respect that he let the Clippers know he was going to leave and made and let them let them get some uh, something back in return. But kind of defeats the whole purpose if you're trying to go somewhere to win to then let that team take away a lot of the weapons that the team you're trying to go to has. 
that was just the first initial thought I had. But in terms of how the Rockets will look, you know, there's some questions on whether or not Harden can take a take take an off the ball approach, and I think he'll be fine with that. D'Antoni's an offensive uh, guru; he's a genius. Um, I think they'll be able to just integrate, uh, you know, just back to back pick and rolls. Harden takes the ball, takes a pick and roll, dribbles. He likes it. He he shoots, he dribbles, he takes it into the, the rim. If he doesn't like, he kicks it back out to CP3, gets another pick and roll. I mean, in that way, they can just constantly pick and roll, pick and roll until someone likes the shot. And that'll keep both of them involved in the offense. So, you know, that's just an example of what D'Antoni could do. And I think that, uh, they'll be fine. They're going to be, they're going to, they're going to struggle a little bit, um, still with the Warriors just because, I just don't see enough offensive firepower and defensive capability to stop uh, what the Warriors have, but it's definitely a good trade for them. And if they go ahead and uh, potentially get any more pieces, uh, they could definitely compete with the Warriors in the West. The other trade I want to talk about is uh, Paul George. So Paul George to the Thunder. I thought it was a great move for the Thunder. Um, Obviously they're trying to keep Westbrook there. They're trying to show him that they can still stay competitive and make moves to stay competitive. Which is very, you know, it's a very good thing to show your superstar, especially when there's, um, you know, there's rumors that he wants to go to L.A. So, you know, they're they're going to keep trying to compete. I think they'll be about the fourth best team in the West next year, behind the Warriors, Rockets, Spurs. Um, but it's def it definitely might actually keep uh, Westbrook there. Um, but as far as Paul George, I mean, it's pretty much obvious that he just wants to go to L.A. He'll, you know, he's going to probably enjoy his one year there, but I just don't see him staying. So, um, let's see. All right. I think that's just about it. Uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, whoever's listening, wherever you may be listening, this was the debut episode of the balls buckets and bull podcast. Have a good day, everybody.